0: Hey everybody. Thanks for checking out the podcast. We greatly appreciate your support. But before we get started, I wanted to tell you about a success story. I wanted to tell you about my friend, Carl up in new Boston, Michigan. He listens to our pods every week and he heard me talking about how I might be able to help him out. So he hit me up over at SaveWithConrad.com. He just closed last month and he left us a five-star review and he had this to say. Not only did we save over a hundred thousand dollars on our mortgage by removing several years off of it. He also saved us a few months of payments and follow up. Conrad and Steve are super helpful. When I had additional questions, you can't go wrong here with save with Conrad. Definitely worth a call to understand what your savings could be. Take Carl's word for it. He saved more than a hundred grand. What have you got to lose? Be like Carl, go to savewithconrad.com right now and find out how much money you can save for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Why not you? Why not now? Go to SaveWithConrad.com and find out how much money you can save for free. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get a quick quote right now. You'll thank me later and you'll be glad you did. SaveWithConrad.com. There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate IHateStevenSinger.com, and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready-for-love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. Steven has real expert jewelers on staff and on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual video appointment, a call, a text, a chat, an email, and all of this with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online, too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Of course, it's Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. Of course, we couldn't do it without the founder of the Four Horsemen, Double A, the enforcer himself, the founder of the Four Horsemen. It's worth repeating, here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, sir?
1: Well, I'm still healthy, and everyone in the family is healthy. I understand everyone in your family is healthy, so those wishes go out to all of our listeners as well just hope everybody's doing all the right things uh, to get a hold of this pandemic
0: it's uh it's a lot of moving parts right now and we're hopeful that we're bringing you a, a fun distraction and we hope that Arn can bring you a fun distraction tomorrow night you can tune in to see fight for the fallen your man cody is going to be taking on sunny kiss this is uh, a rather interesting bout to say the least lots of uh debate over the weekend. I'm excited to see Sonny get the opportunity and uh Cody seems to think that there's no chance that Sonny wins. What say you?
1: Well why wouldn't he think that way? If if I never went into a fight ever that I thought I was going to lose. Right. You just don't do that and that's just a mentality that that Cody has these days. He's confident in his abilities and if there was any doubt he would have pushed it so far back in his mind by now that, you know, he does feel unbeatable. And if you don't feel that way, you're going to go in with your chin stuck out. And we know what, we know what happens when that, you know, when you do that. So I think that's just him being confident and uh, we'll see.
0: We will see. I won't miss it. I'm looking forward to it. I feel like uh, Sonny's gotten uh, a fresh coat of paint as they say with his pairing with Joey Janela. So I'm excited to see what happens. I'll be watching. We hope you are too. It's AEW fight for the fallen. There's going to be a huge charity component to this. You don't want to miss it. It's live on TNT tomorrow night, but now let's get to what we're talking about today. It's money in the bank, 2010. It went down, gosh, 10 years ago. And this feels like two weeks ago, July 18th from the spirit center in Kansas city, Missouri. we got about 8,000 fans in attendance. We sold about 169,000 pay-per-views. And this is the very first Money in the Bank pay-per-view. What'd you think of a whole pay-per-view named after a gimmick match, Arn?
1: Well, I'm just not a fan of having, when you have a match like this, it, it's, I'm just not a big fan of having more than one per night. It just, no matter how you do it and how you structure it or what coat of paint you put on it, it's still the same match and it's hard to have two that are entirely different but i think and i watched this back very closely you know i think both of those matches then they had two on the show they had a raw and a smackdown they were different and uh, my hats off to those guys for making them very very different so it wasn't an easy task a lot of work went into it a lot of thought a lot of comparing notes Still not a fan of having two elimination chambers or two money in the banks or two hell in the cells because one is going to take away from the other in most cases. Um, I'm not sure that 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 happened. I may have been wrong about this one because watching them very, very carefully, they, uh, they were very different.
0: Yes, they are. Uh, we should remind you the rules of the match are simple. It's a ladder match with a briefcase hanging down from the ceiling. It contains a contract for a world title match anytime time for the next year. what do you think of the actual concept of a, uh, a money in the bank ladder match, what do you think of the concept of that gimmick match?
1: Well, I, I love the fact that if you're a guy that likes to play head games and you're like to, you know, one of these guys that, which you should be that like to strike when when your people your opponent are least expecting it. This is tailor made. The winner of this match can carry that thing up to a year. You know, you can wait till one week before it's due to run out and cash that thing in, or just people forget that you've even got it and almost like, you know, you carry it to the ring week after week after week after a few months. It's just like your knee pads or tape around your wrist. It's just part of you. And people forget what's in that case. And that thing wields a lot of power. You can become the world champion just like that.
0: It's a fun gimmick match. I enjoy it. We're coming off another gimmick match themed pay-per-view. It's fatal four-way where Rey Mysterio wins the world title. Sheamus wins the WWE title. Let's get to some company news leading into money in the bank we've seen a lot of undertaker stuff out of character lately in documentaries and various interviews where he talks about his wife, Michelle McCool. Well, they were actually married June 26, 2010 here. Um, usually when you see one of the guys, marry one of the ladies involved in the business, it doesn't always end well, but this seems to be uh one of the exceptions to the rule. Uh, they seem to be peas and carrots, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, Michelle is really a nice lady and uh, always was. You know, she was just one of the, the women that came through the system that was just a nice person from day one and, you know, take her as a class act. And they kind of kept their personal business to themselves. You know, a lot of people didn't know they were seeing each other. And, you know, there were circumstances, you know, that that are personal. And you just, that's it, personal is off limits. So, You know, even though there was some speculation, you know, that that they might have been seeing each other at some point. I mean, it's not like nobody's going to go up and question either one of them. Right. Uh, You know, so it was, uh, it was one of those deals that uh, they ran into each other and it stuck.
0: And I'm glad it did. One of the things that uh, didn't stick though, are flare chops in the WWE. Meltzer would report that Vince is now banning chops, the flare style chops, not the great colleague or big show style chops. And Meltzer would say most likely that will stay in effect until, or if Michaels returns, uh, it actually makes sense because anytime someone throws that style of chop, the whole building goes woo. And it reminds people of flair who's now with the opposition. Of course he's on impact and they don't want Flair's name, nor people thinking about him during their programming. I mean, I guess I get this, but it feels like chops have been such a big part of wrestling for so long. That some of these guys may have trouble adapting to doing a match without them. What do you think of banning the chops?
1: Well, to this day, people are wooing. Yep. And they're wooing on TV shows that doesn't even warrant a woo or have anything to do with wrestling. You know, it's just one of those things that that stuck. You know, chops have always been part of the business and to just suddenly when when so many guys use them you know okay so they it's a tribute to flair okay but if it's part of a guy's offense i mean how do you take that away from him because they may pop for a guy that works for a different company or may not work for any company it just it seems real discombobulated to me
0: fellas are you prepared to unveil your summer bide? The beaches are opening back up, the sun's shining, and man, the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped.com is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. And listen, we've all had a situation, uh, especially uh, when it comes to swimsuits, where maybe you see something you wish you hadn't seen. Well, Manscape's here to help you out. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. They forever change the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0, You already know the Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential lawnmower 3.0, it's waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those who need a chest shave. This is the third generation trimmer that's going to feature skin-safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. You can also adjust settings to get a length you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. Be sure to use their crop cleanser to keep your hair and your skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula, so it's good for healthy chest hair as it is for your skin. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find Manskind's Crop Preserver, which of course is that anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing a bathing suit all day. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, which is a below-the-belt toner that's designed to give you a little pep in your step and smell great. And you can subscribe to the Perfect Package. and get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value add, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs, which great friend of the show, Mr. Dawkins, absolutely loves on his ball sack meets. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code ARN, A-R-N, at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job and get 20% off and free shipping with code ARN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code ARN. Your balls will thank you. Uh, Joe Inouye, I am probably butchered that name, who would be the cousin of Rikishi and Umaga and the younger brother of Rosie and the son of Sika, signed a developmental contract. He's listed at 6'3", 280 pounds. It was largely expected this would be the case if he didn't make it in the NFL. He was first-team All-ACC defensive tackle at Georgia Tech in 06, but wasn't drafted by any NFL team. He went to the Minnesota Vikings as a free agent, and was on the practice squad for the 07 season, but was cut after the season. He then played in Canada for the Edmonton Eskimos. So we're learning of a new signee, part of the Samoan dynasty, and He did all right, old Roman Reigns, don't you think?
1: Never forget the first conversation I had with Roman was down at the school, and he he hadn't been there long. And uh, I saw him and just said, hey, you know, give me five minutes to get to know you. And we had a nice conversation, and the guy I knew right then, the first thing that popped into my head is this guy's a star. He speaks like a star. He looks like a star. He carries himself with a lot of poise. He's respectful. He's just one of those guys you look at and go, you'll be hearing about that guy. And, uh, it just jumped off the page to me. He was just really, I mean, look like a movie star.
0: No doubt about it. And, uh, I think he will be a movie star one day, but, uh, hopefully he's going to be wrestling for as long as he'd like. And unfortunately. Uh, Ricky steamboat was not going to be wrestling much longer, even in one-off matches. He had, uh, quite the incident here in 2010. Meltzer would write just one day after the release of a DVD, looking back on his life and wrestling career, Ricky steamboat was fighting for his life in a Tampa hospital. Uh, he's 57 was taken to the hospital in Tampa where based on that week, he had been tra- helping train the wrestlers in developmental on June 30th, two days after an angle on raw, where he was beaten down. And steamboat had been complaining about headaches and neck pain after the angle. And they even say on TV that he's suffering from, uh, a neck and some rib injuries in reality, he's got a freaking brain tumor. And this is, uh, he's taken a slam from David Otunga a running clothesline from, uh, skip Sheffield, who we know is right back and a perfect looking 450 from Justin Gabriel, according to Meltzer. But he's in the middle of guys throwing worked punches and kicks. And these final three moves in the angle lands him in the hospital for real. And they even do a, a sit down on camera with you and, and, uh, Jerry Lawler. And you say it's pretty bad. And, uh, he's diagnosed originally with a brain aneurysm, but it's not really written about this way in the observer, but me and, you know, from talking to Ricky and obviously you much more than I, he was in a bad way here in the fight of his life.
1: Well, it was a brain aneurysm i believe right yes um that's serious in any terms when somebody says they had a brain aneurysm you need to sit up in your chair and start paying attention and uh I heard from the office and I heard from Ricky's family and, uh, you know, I was on top of it and they said, yeah, it's bad, it's really bad. And Ricky was in intensive care. I want to say seven, 10 days, something like that. And in the hospital a month, right out a month, that's, that's serious. When somebody's in the hospital a month, that's a serious business. Yes, it is. And, uh, when they finally, he was able to travel. Uh, they had to, you know, put him on a bus. He couldn't even fly the pressure a month later. He couldn't even fly. They had to send a bus down to get him. And, you know, Ricky went through some very serious times and it was just, just shows you, you know, this is a guy that was in great shape for any age, much less his age. And, uh, you know, people get hurt in our business and, uh, Ricky got hurt and he got hurt bad and, and, uh, We're on pins and needles for a while. Thank God that he pulled out of it. But even to this day I ask him, you know, how you doing this stuff? And I think he has some leftover, you know, residual from that injury, like memory and some of that stuff that he never had before. Right. So thank God he made it through, but it was uh it was some pretty harrowing times.
0: It's really unbelievable that you think about you know, Ricky steamboat and you think about all the bumps that he took and just three here. And, uh, one of them does him in and you just, you net, you can never take your health for granted in pro wrestling, I guess is the lesson here. Fair to say.
1: No, we get hurt and we all get hurt and some of us get injured and there's a clear distinction between getting hurt and getting injured and i guess the best way to describe it is when you get injured any athlete will tell you number one you know immediately that you're injured and it's going to be life-altering and basically it's taken out of your hands when you get injured you know uh fate just sweeps in and just takes it right out of your hands it's not something you can tough out or it's not something you can just grit your teeth and get through when you get injured Now you got to have medical attention and, uh, it's, uh, it happens all the time in our business, sad to say it's tough way to make a living.
0: Well, somebody has decided I've had enough wrestling Shane McMahon, Melzer would report Shane McMahon's first known business move since leaving WWE was to invest in a group called international sports management in the UK. And it represents many top British sports stars, most notably in golf and cricket. And the plan is to use the new capital it's gotten from McMahon as, as well as several others that were formerly involved with, uh, said, sports. I just butchered that to build their business in the U S they're looking at shortening up golf tournaments to try and capitalize on the success cricket has had in the UK. We've heard about Shane sort of, you know, dabbling in businesses here and there. I think he tried to do some uh, pay-per-views in China and things like that. Most people once upon a time, never imagined Shane leaving the company. Were you surprised that, that Shane left and, and found life after WWE?
1: Yeah, I was, and, uh, it was family owned business. I thought, you know, he would be there forever. And, you know, I like Shane, uh, I've always liked Shane. Shane was one of those guys that. When he came in the door he had that gleam in his eye that he was there because he was really having fun and wanted to be there and Shane wanted to be a wrestler. He wanted to, I'm sure if you ask him he wanted to be a full-time wrestler. And mm-hmm. uh in those days he was gun-ho for anything and just a guy that was glad to be there. You never looked at Shane as just being the boss. I mean, he was like one of the guys, but you knew he was one of the bosses too, and one of the owners too, but he just, he was a guy that loved the business and it it just surprised me to see him leave, but everyone wished him well and hoped he did well. And, and whatever adventure he took on, you knew that he was going to bring a lot of positive energy to that company.
0: Let's get to the pay-per-view. We start with quite a barn burner. Uh, Kane is going to win the SmackDown money in the bank match over big show, Dolph Ziggler, Matt Hardy, Christian, Drew McIntyre, Cody Rhodes and Kofi Kingston, my goodness, what an all-star cast. This is, uh, they get plenty of time, 26 minutes and 18 seconds. I think you should go out of your way to watch this Meltzer gave it four stars. It's a car crash, man. Lots of moving parts on this one. Crazy action. What'd you think?
1: You know what? I thought it was phenomenal. You know, the the first thing that jumped off the page is how young everybody looked. Right. Well, because they were young. Yeah. You know, just little things that most people wouldn't even have known. Cody was so young, he didn't even wear knee pads yet. Wow. Which means, maybe to the naked eye, well, what the hell does that mean? What does that matter? It means he's never dinged his knee up yet. (laughs) Because... (laughs) buddy, the first time you bump it on that post or you hit the cement, you, you learn, get some knee pads on, Yeah. you know, just little things like that. And, you know, there was a good mix of you had some veterans in there and you had some guys like Kofi and, you know, and Cody and, and Drew McIntyre, young guys. It, it was just a good mix of veterans and, and rookies and guys on the way up. And, you know, whoever put that, you know, grouping of guys in both of these matches this night and, uh, the money in the bank matches, I thought they did a good job of blending the talent.
0: I can't recommend this enough. Go out and watch it. I mean, let's just run through the talent again. Kane. That's right. In a money in the bank match with big show. But then check out this talent, man, Dolph Ziggler, Matt Hardy, Christian, drew McIntyre, Cody Rhodes, Kofi Kingston. I mean, literally everybody in this crew has been a world champion, you've got tippy top talent kicking off this pay-per-view.
1: Well, you got Christian and Matt Hardy, you know, who've been in a thousand Mm -hmm. ladder matches probably prior to this, or at least had the most experience. So you had all that knowledge in there and creating these cool spots and building bridges with those ladders and things you and I Conrad, you know, a ladder is Something that you hire a guy to go on your roof, and yes. he goes one one trip up and one trip down, and we don't get involved. That's what ladders mean to us, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: These guys are like, it's like building blocks. It's like grown-ups sitting down with Legos, and hey, let's see how creative you can get. You know, and Kane, a guy that had paid his dues, was a huge star, big show, who's a giant out there, you know, breaking ladders and stepping on the bottom rung of a ladder, and it breaks, and he reaches up and rips off a piece of a ladder, and he's in giant mode, Kane's in kill mode, and these other guys are running around doing what they do. You know, Kofi, the incredible spots that he does, it's just, it's a good blend, it's a good way to start the night.
0: There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate Steven And you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step. Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. Steven has real expert jewelers on staff and on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual video appointment, a call, a text, a chat, an email, and all of this with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to ihateStevensinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Of course, it's Steven Singer Jewelers. That's ihateStevensinger.com. Let's get going on the next match. But before we do, we should mention that we've got Seamus doing an interview noting that Nexus at this point has laid out Bret Hart, Vince McMahon, and Ricky Steamboat. And he says he hasn't gotten his fair amount of respect, even though he's a two time champion. And he says he's going to get back at Cena for making fun of his skin and accent. And when you just read it laid out like that, you start to think, damn, Seamus sounds like the babyface. But he's not. Uh, Next up, we get Alicia Fox pinning Eve Torres to keep the Divas title. Five minutes and 52 seconds. Meltzer didn't hate it, but he didn't love it. He gave it three quarters of a star. He says the early part was okay as they worked off a collar and elbow tie-up, but once they passed the 90-second mark, the crowd quit caring. And I think that's probably, uh, unfortunately, about as fair of a write-up as we can do. The fans were just not into women's wrestling here in 2010 for whatever reason.
1: Well, you know, before we go forward on that, let me just say that Kane went over in that match and, you know, got his due. And and the audience gave him a reaction that he deserved. Kane's a big star. He's a player. He's a guy that had done everything that had been asked and just a tremendous performer. And he got his due that night and it felt good in the audience, you know. Respectfully, gave him that kind of reaction when he went over. So, but, you know, Eve moving on, you know, Eve was, you know, one of those ladies that, that picked it up quickly. She wasn't in the business a long, long time, but, you know, she picked it up quickly. Uh, Le- Alicia was a solid performer and, uh, you know, for what it was, I'm sure it was a solid match. Uh, it just wasn't very long and it was positioned after all that drama of the first money in the bank ladder match. So, you know, no matter who you put there, it's going to be, all right, let's, let's catch our breath here for a minute. And before you knew it, it was over. So it was what it was.
0: Next up, we see swagger on the cell phone, talking to mom who striker would call Mildred swagger, which is kind of funny. Uh, She's not happy with him for not saving his father. He blamed his dad for vicariously living through him. And the dad tried to steal his spotlight. He said he wanted to help his dad, but couldn't risk Kane hurting him so soon before the title match and Mildred was apparently not convinced, Uh, but next up, we get some good stuff, man. David Hart Smith and Tyson Kidd teaming up to beat the Usos and retain the tag titles. They don't get a ton of time, five minutes and 53 seconds. I love, and we've talked about this a lot. We love the Usos. We love the pairing of Tyson Kidd and David Hart Smith, who we know is Davy boy Smith jr. Now on the independence and in new Japan and everywhere else he's been, but they don't get a ton of time here. Meltzer only gives it two and three quarter stars. Of course, David and Tyson pick up the win. What'd you think here to me? Uh, the only complaint is not long enough.
1: Yeah. You know, those guys, they managed to tell a little mini story, uh, in the time they had and. The work rate was excellent, as you knew it would be. They got two sets of Heat, which set, you know, and I call him Bull Puppy. That's just a little rib between the two of us. Uh, Davey, uh, Davey Boy, Jr., uh, made a really good comeback and, you know, went over with uh, what was a very popular submission, which would be the Sharpshooter. So it was a feel-good moment, and there was enough match that if you were a fan, you could – Get a little bit of a fix just watching those guys do what they do. And uh, Natty scooped up Tamina right towards the end and slammed her on the floor. And if you if you don't understand what that means, there's a little pad there, but no give on the cement. So shows you how tough Tamina is, just getting slammed out on the floor. So it was uh, it was exciting. It was a little short. They could have used another five minutes.
0: Next up, we've got Ray Mysterio pinning Jack Swagger to keep the world title. 10 minutes and 43 seconds. Mysterio selling that ankle injury the entire match. Meltzer would say it's good that somebody sells. I- I've always liked Ray when it's him fighting a bigger guy. It's classic David versus Goliath. I think this is probably one of Jack Swagger's best matches. Again, it's only 10 minutes and 43 seconds, but Meltzer loved it. A four-star effort. If you've been sleeping on Jack Swagger, or maybe you weren't sold on his presentation, or maybe you're a new fan and you're watching Jake Hager and you didn't see much of his Swagger act, I highly recommend this one. I think this is as bad as good as a match can, could have been in this spot in the show. Meltzer agreed. He called it an excellent match and four stars. What'd you think?
1: Well, Arn calls it a hell of a match too. And guys always wondered, a lot of people wondered why I've always been so high on Swagger. Slash Hager, watch this match. Yeah. It's a good. That was good, uh, you know, on your part to to call this one out, uh, Conrad, and single it out because two guys. Went out there and did tell that story, David and Goliath, but it was action. And it was Ray, there was a story in place where Ray came to the ring with a dinged up ankle from the previous Raw or SmackDown right. or whatever it was. So it was already in place. And Swagger right off the bat let you know there was where the zero was. That was where he was gonna attack. Boom. Uh, And that's what they did. And they told a story of a guy that really didn't have a chance. Ray came up to Swagger's belly button, maybe. But that's the way Ray was in just about every match. He was always the small guy but he fought back in such a way using his entire body to fight you back that it made sense over time. And that's why people got behind Ray as they knew he was smart enough to know he's not going to run over anybody. He's not going to muscle anybody around. He's not going to thump anybody. He's going to chip away at your elbows. He's going to chip away at your knees. He's going to kick you in the head. He's going to kick you in the face multiple times. Whatever it takes to make him com- competitive in the match, Ray is going to have the knowledge and presence to do it. That's what makes him Ray Mysterio. That's what makes him special. And Buddy, they put together some creative stuff that was really featuring both guys, and it was it was a great match. You could have put that match on anywhere during the night, and it would have fit perfectly.
0: Can't recommend this enough. There's even a really cool spot in here where it looks like Mysterio is going to go for a springboard into a Hurricane Rana. A Swagger's going to block it and lock on the ankle lock. Eventually, Mysterio makes the ropes, but when he gets the ankle lock later, or he goes for it rather, Mysterio had untied his boot. So when Swagger's really yanking on the ankle lock, the boot just comes off, and now Swagger's holding an empty boot, and that allows Ray to use another Hurricane Rana for the pin. Really go out of your way to see it, but. We're not done. There's a post-match angle because as soon as the match is over, Swagger is furious that he lost. So he starts beating the shit out of rap And what do you know? Somebody just want a money in the bank match. Here comes Kane. He's coming in to make the save and he's going to chase Swagger to the back. But then he comes out with referee Charles Robinson with a briefcase. Gives the briefcase to Robinson, big choke slam and a tombstone. And now he's your world champion. This is the seventh straight time that a money in the bank winner, when cashing in the briefcase would win the world title and, uh, here it's same thing. This is the first time that someone has cashed it in the night they won, but Kane wins the match at the beginning of the show. A couple matches later, boom, sees his opportunity. We should mention Kane's first and only previous title run, uh, was 1998 where he beat stone cold at King of the ring and then lost at the very next night on raw. It's pretty remarkable that this is only his second reign. 12 years between title runs at that point was the longest in company history. Pretty cool to see it all come together here. What'd you think?
1: Yeah. You know, a couple of things to note. It, it was the drama of him running swagger off. You went, okay, that felt good. But when he came back with that briefcase, he had that long walk that everybody went, Oh God, wait a minute. Yeah. He's going to, you know, and there's your drama taking his time down to the ring, giving it to the referee. I'm cashing it in. You cut the ray, the horror on his face. You know, it's like, God, this couldn't get worse. Are you kidding me? You know, I just got out of the way of a, of a VW running me over and the damn here's an SUV coming the other way and plows me. You know, it's, you know, good Lord. And uh, the the crazy thing about it. And this is what I love about wrestling fans. They're so respectful and they get it. You know, even though it was Rey Mysterio and Kane came down and stuck Rey, as beloved as Rey was, they also had a place that they knew Kane deserved this. So when he stuck Rey with that tombstone won the championship he got a huge pop you go back and watch it it was as big a pop as anybody got all night and it was you know as much a career acknowledgement from the fans to kane as anything else they were happy for him
0: hey man want to make this the best summer ever what if you could get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments by five six seven even 800 bucks a month But what if the little cherry on top was no house payments for two months? That's right. No payments in August or September. You're done until October and come October, you're going to have a better mortgage, but don't take my word for it. Ask Kenneth in Hazel green, Kentucky. He says, all I was trying to do was refinance down to 10 years in order to set me up for retirement without a mortgage payment. After telling first family what I wanted, not only did they get me a shorter term, but they were able to reduce my payment and cut my interest rate in half. I could not be more satisfied with the process and the outcome. If you're looking to get out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments, and maybe even get rid of all your credit card debt, man, you've got to go to save You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the five hundreds can qualify. And because we're licensed in more than 40 States, we can help more families than ever before. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. At savewithconrad.com. NLS number 65084, equal housing lender. That's savewithconrad.com. It's uh, it's pretty cool to see Kane get his big moment here. It's going to last 154 days until TLC 2011. He's going to lose the world title to Edge in a fatal four way. The other folks in the match are Del Rio and once again, Ray Mysterio. All right, let's get to, uh, the next match here. Layla is going to pin Kelly Kelly in three minutes and 54 seconds to keep the women's title. It gets half a star Meltzer called it pretty sloppy early. These girls are working hard. I don't think Kelly Kelly's ambition was ever to be a professional wrestler, but well, if that's what Caesar wants, that's what Caesar gets. What'd you think?
1: Sure. And it takes a long time to get good at this. Yes. You know, let's just face it. The girls didn't have enough reps to be polished. You know, they were just beautiful women. They were meant to just be beautiful women out there. And if they were athletic on top of it, then, then great. It wasn't a – this was prior to the really polished ladies that were just world-class athletes – got the business, were meant to be in the business. It was ordained probably centuries before they were ever even thought about. You're supposed to be in this business because when the the shoe dropped, you know, and the ladies were getting all those reps, and then you started to see the talent just get better and better and better, it was because of reps, and it was because of destiny. It was a lot of things, and these ladies were just meant to be on TV Just not necessarily as wrestlers.
0: Next up, we get a raw money in the bank match. The Miz is going to pick up the win over Mark Henry, Evan Bourne, Chris Jericho edge, Ted DiBiase, John Morrison, and Randy Orton. I got to tell you, man, these two money in the bank matches in this show really stood out to me because there's so much talent again, another four-star outing. This is the third four-star match on the show. What a sleeper. This is the Miz wins here. I, I love this one. I don't know what else to say. I, I know we just sort of crapped on it at the top saying, oh, there's too many gimmick matches and we're trying to force it, but I'll be damned. If the execution here isn't damn near flawless, great stuff. Once again, and, and we see guys, we don't really see all the time. Now, Evan Bourne, Ted DiBiase. And of course, some guys who've been here the whole time, like Randy Orton and Chris Jericho and the newly returned edge. This was a fun watch this week. What'd you think watching it back for the first time in 10 years?
1: hundred percent. I'm with you. And again, it was another blend of young guys that were getting a chance to be in a huge match. You know, DiBiase, Evan Bourne, and you had your veterans, you know, you had the Jerichos and the Edge. And, and, you know, Miz was a guy that you thought going into this match was maybe just going to be another contestant. Uh, you didn't know he was going to have the impact. You certainly didn't know he was going to win the match, I don't think. I don't think anybody in Vegas would have picked Miz right. to win this thing. So you had that shock factor. But once again, people do not understand these these matches. Man, they take a lot of effort, and they take a lot of thought. And to come up with one that was totally different, And and I – You know, I made mention and jotted down the spots and went back and looked at it It was totally different from the earlier match, which is difficult to do. I mean, there's only so many things you can do with a ladder and it's very dangerous, you know, but they did some really impressive stuff. They had some spots to make Mark Henry, you know, look like Samson, you know, one spot in particular where there's four guys up fighting on two ladders and Mark stepped in and the spot from the Samson movie where he steps in and just pushes the two columns apart and the building falls down. You know, that's what that was a reminder of that type spot. It made Mark look like a monster. It was just a lot of thought went into this thing. It really did.
0: Let's talk about Miz Here getting the win. He's going to hold the money in the bank contract for 127 days, which is just over four months. Then he's going to cash it in on then WWE champion, Randy Orton to win the title on raw November 22nd, 2010, you know, fast forward six months and he's in the WrestleMania main event against John Cena. The rise really starts right here. Were you surprised that they went with Miz? I mean, I know you said Vegas wouldn't have taken it, but you were working with him day in day out. You saw what sort of a loyal soldier he was to the company and the brand and a good representative. For the organization, were you surprised that they actually made him, you know, a legit main eventer here with John Cena at WrestleMania the next year?
1: No, not really. You know, I know Vince likes Miz. He's dependable. He's durable. You know, he speaks well, he dresses well. You know, he fits with that Hollywood deal. He can go do Entertainment Tonight or any of those shows and represent the company well. He's a guy that literally started from Tough Enough and came up through the ranks, so he paid some, you know, some dues. You know, it was a guy that kind of came in under the, the radar, but, you know, he was built properly and putting him in the main event with John Cena at WrestleMania is about as big as it gets, so... Uh, Vince always, and probably to this day likes and depends on Miz for, you know, to do a lot of things. So good for him.
0: Let's run a timeout right now to talk about a friend of ours. Uh, of course, you know, he's uh, always ready. Our great friend, the former Zach Ryder's Matt Cordona, he's always ready. Remember when you were always ready, you know, to go, well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. No, I'm not talking about major figures. I'm talking about BlueChew.com, which creates a major figure of its own. That's blue like the color blue. And this is uh, Blue Chew. See, Blue Chew is bringing you the world's first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at a pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy, and maybe best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free When you use our special promo code ARN, that's A-R-N. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, and the promo code is ARN to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Good for him indeed, man. You know, uh, I think, you know, people have been overly critical of Miz, and uh, he's got his certain group of haters and sort of non-believers, but I think... He's one of those talents that you'll start to appreciate him more, you know, maybe a little later, maybe when it's too late, maybe when he's gone. But I think when you look at his stuff, objectively, the dude did a great job at everything he was ever asked to. And I, and I don't sort of get the narrative that, oh, miss sucks.
1: Well, everybody can't be a steamroller. Everybody can't be a body guy. You know, everybody can't be a world-class technician, you know, but if you have a little bit, of all the things, you know, if you're a good enough worker and a great talker and you look like an athlete or you've got an incredible look and can really talk, but just a fair wrestler. I mean, any any way you want to take those ingredients and, and spread them out and, and all that, if you've got some of, of that stuff you know, you can be around for a long time and everybody can't be the last match every single night. You got to have guys that are on second from last and third from last. You know, sometimes open the show, sometimes the first match before intermission. Miz is one of those guys that can move up and down and as long as you put a mic in his hand, he would piss some people off. He didn't mind being a heel. That was the most important thing. He's very unlikable if you give him that mic. And... Uh, you know, he'll be around probably as long as his body holds up and as, uh, as long as he wants to be.
0: It feels like this is sort of the beginning of a new era. I mean, we're, we're pushing the Miz here. We've got Sheamus in the main event. Um, we, we've got Jack Swagger in world title matches. We're trying to transition to sort of a new generation here overall. Are we know it?
1: Yes, sir. You gotta have. You always have to have new, 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 new. You got to keep feeding the audience's appetite for new faces and new talent. And, you know, every five, seven, ten years, you completely have a new fan base. You know, people get older, they go to college, you know, they start in the workforce. Maybe you lose them for a while that were fans when they were kids. Those that were fans in college enter the workforce and, you know, they may not come back to wrestling for, for 10 years after that. You know, there's, you've always got to be reestablishing your fan base. And that means you've got to have a diverse menu of talents that give you all kind of different things. And all these guys are. They're different. And, and that's what you have to have when you're producing. Think about the hours of television. WWE is available, you know, and it's... If you just have the same product, you know, which is a mistake that's been made in the past. Putting the same talent in too many segments on Raw or SmackDown, other than feed that time out and feed those segments to these young talent that need it to get over. And I mean on a weekly basis, not a monthly or every six weeks or eight weeks that that won't get it. You gotta have these guys on T V every week if they're gonna get over in some point. Judge whether they're in a position to be a top guy and draw or not, but they got to have a chance. And that means they got to have reps on reps on television.
0: Our main event is filled with reps on one side. It's John Cena and he's going to be challenged by, uh, Seamus here. Seamus is the WWE champion and Seamus is going to retain the title, beating John Cena in a cage match. Um, NXT interference, of course, is on the way or Nexus interference, rather 23 minutes Meltzer says it started slow, which it probably needed to giving their following such a hot match. The people were into this because it was Cena, but it was so weird because there were so many folks cheering Seamus, but it never got that hot. Probably because everyone in the building knew the finish couldn't come until Nexus showed up, but it was a cage match where you can't really use the cage for fear of accidental blood. Cena did a superplex off the top for a near fall. He did an attitude adjustment, but Seamus blocks it and turns it into a DDT. Seamus uses a sleeper and some body scissors to keep him there. They're trying some some big stuff here, with even Cena doing a a fist drop off the top, and he's going to go fist first, jamming the mat. And in story, that's going to keep him from being able to climb out. There's dueling chance here. The girls are screaming for Cena. The guys are screaming for Seamus. It's one of the first times I remember there being a real crowd divide about John Cena. Cena's gonna start to recover, and uh they're pulling out all the stops until all of a sudden Michael Tarver from Nexus shows up and he's got bolt cutters. And one referee would take the bolt cutters from Tarver. They all surround referee Jack Doan, who had the key to the cage. Then he throws the key into the crowd, which was pretty clever. Eventually, though, Cena throws Seamus accidentally into referee Charles Robinson, who goes down. He straps on the STF. There's no ref, and Cena starts to climb out, but Justin Gabriel and Tarver try to stop him. Cena and Gabriel are fighting on top of the cage. Cena throws Gabriel into the ring, and Cena tries to climb down, but Tarver and Young are in his way. Sheamus gets up, tries to climb over, but Heath Slater tries to stop him. Sheamus dodges Slater and drops down for the win. And after the match, Cena throws the ring steps on Tarver clotheslines, young, and he ends up leaving Gabriel Tarver and young all laying Meltzer would say this wasn't bad, but something about it didn't click. It couldn't really follow the ladder matches three stars. This does maybe feel like maybe it's just bad placement on the card. Or maybe you didn't need a cage match. If you had two lighter matches, what say you?
1: Well, I agree with that. And go back to your comment with, I want you to say this one more time. You couldn't use the cage as a weapon because you might get accidental blood, Let's would you say that again?
0: Directly from the observer. He's, he's talking about, it was a cage match where you can't really use the cage for fear of accidental blood. I guess in this era Vince had put out the mandate, Hey, uh, no blood and maybe the guys melts are sort of weirdly insinuating that guys won't bump into the cage because they might get accidental hardway blood.
1: You just summed up in a nutshell what was wrong with having a cage match that night. Okay, you're in a cage. It's payday. Shame is going to get his, but oh my god, don't run him into the cage cuz he might bleed. How ludicrous. Is that what, what a oxymoron that whole sentence is because it's absolutely accurate. If you can't use the cage as a weapon and you can't bleed, what the hell are you doing in a cage? Correct.
0: I agree. Totally.
1: The answer would have been don't have a cage match because to be honest with you, you know, and again, I'm going back old school. Cage matches are meant for guys like heels, the champions that have screwed the baby face time after time. And now he's locked in a cage and the uh, announcers are reinforcing, okay, nobody can get in. Nobody can get out. It's, it's you know, the bad guy's going to get his ass kicked. Well, if you're not going to give them that, and that's the hype, you're in the wrong match. And it, I watched this match. And the reason the crowd died is you didn't have use of the uh, of the cage, guys weren't getting run into it. Guys should have been bleeding. Certainly, Sheamus should have been bleeding. You know, if you if you want a cage match to mean something, and you want it to draw, give them the true meaning of what a cage match is. And uh, there wasn't even scenarios. You know, and I don't know when this was created, but it was certainly in the last twenty years or so, I guess where the, you know, the climbing out was a way for a victory. To me, having John Cena shoot up the cage and crawl out and win a match that way, when he's the guy that you believe in to do all the right things and he's the guy that you can, you can believe is going to win the big match at the proper time, him shooting out of the cage just, it never grabbed me the right way. It just, God, that just feels hokey. Um, and there was none of but. Over time, the audience figured out, okay, that's a way to win. So when guys would shoot up and try to get out, it was exciting. They went too long in this match without any of that going on. And I don't know that it really did go on at all. There was a couple of times where Sheamus tried to crawl out, but it was Cena was tied in the ropes one time. And other than Sheamus, just go over and walk out the door. Right. He tried to climb out right above Cena. It just was, you know, it just was too set up. It was too convenient. And I think it took away from the overall reaction from the audience, in my opinion,
0: I think that fans listening to this need to go back and watch this pay-per-view, the readers of the wrestling observer gave this 91.1% thumbs up, only 1.9% thumbs down and 7% thumbs in the middle. They loved the raw money in the bank match and the SmackDown match raw. They thought was a little better, uh, and not too far behind it is Mysterio swagger, but those three <laughs> matches in particular are just off the charts. Great stuff. I give this overall a thumbs up and I think they got the poll, right? The raw money in the bank match was just incredible. What say you, what'd you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. And what was your best match of the night? <laughs>
1: Yeah, they kicked ass, you know, and I wouldn't say one money in the bank was any better than the other. They were just different. They were excellent. I love the Ray match with uh, Swagger, you know, and you could have, if nothing else, let me just go ahead and say this. I mean, John Cena, that particular time, huge, huge star, you know, in the business, Sheamus was getting a push, but the one fumble, At the end of the night, if you were going to have Seamus go over, and I liked him going over the rail and running, getting away from the Nexus because they were there to cream everybody. Nexus, the one fumble was taking any heat off of those guys. If they would have got in that cage with Cena and all those kids, and I mean the Nexus, would have left Cena in a pile. You would have ended the night just piling more heat on those guys. And I think... They got their water cut off probably a year and a half too soon. They should have ran with those guys for at least a couple of years before they started breaking them up or putting dents in them because the concept, the young guys, the best the school had to offer was all in one group, and they made for a formidable team. That was the one mistake, I think, at the end of the night. But I thought it was a a very solid pay-per-view. I thought it was exciting, it was different, it was creative, kudos to all the producers and the talent who kicked ass, comparing notes and making it different for the fans. And I thought the Vance had a great, great viewing experience.
0: No doubt. And I'll tell you the great times kept rolling. The very next night on raw, it was uh, July 19th in Tulsa. It's a great show, but it starts with an incredible three-way that we should mention. We've also got a reveal of team Cena with Brent Hart at the end of the show, which is fun. But the really fun thing here is the opener it's Orton over edge and Jericho where Meltzer would give it four stars and say it was one of the best raw TV matches of the year with tons of near falls and saves it's good stuff. I think 2010 is maybe one of the more underrated years in the history of WWE. There's some great stuff here. And this is a great example of that. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely. And young talent stepping up and demanding to have a spot on top in the company and that's what you want you want guys chomping at the bit wanting that top spot and guys were starting to rise you know rise up and and uh up their game and a lot of things were happening in 2010 let's
0: uh let's jump to twitter we let you guys ask questions um And one of the things that we do is is we do this every week where you can ask questions about whatever the topic is, but every other week it's an ask ARN. So next week we've got nothing but questions. Stay tuned and ask a question if you'd like to at the ARN show on Twitter. And by the way, a, a, a little rumor going around ARN is very soon. We might actually have your actual name on Twitter. How about that? Oh yeah. That's, that's what I hear. We've got a friend of a friend who's working on that for us, but We're working on getting you some questions for today's topic. Money in the bank, 2010 Rajiv, great friend of the show writes was having Kane win the first money in the bank match just to shock the audience. Mostly more agile guys had won this match or this style match up to this point. It doesn't seem like this type of match suits big men, but Kane always seemed to pull it off. And he did here. And, uh, I agree. I don't know that anybody would have necessarily picked him as the winner, but it made sense the way they did it. What'd you think?
1: I think like the audience thinks, if you saw the reaction, it told you, you made the right decision. Yeah, It was, it was more of a career validation from the audience to Kane than anything else. Then when in that particular match, they were just validating that he was a big star. It was a popular decision.
0: Uh, Drew Landry wants to know uh, who is someone Arnold of the horseman would want to face in a cage match. Do you have a favorite Ooh, cage opponent? Like back in the day, you, you've said, "Hey, if I had one dream WrestleMania moment, I would uh, I'd want to wrestle Ricky Steamboat." Did you have a favorite cage match opponent?
1: Uh, I tell you what, I did like the one that I really enjoyed was uh, Ole and I wrestled the Rock and Roll Express in Greensboro in a cage, and they were the champions. That went almost sixty minutes. Uh, Oli and I beat the ever-loving piss out of both of those kids for 50 minutes and uh, they just kept fighting back and right at the end they were able to pull off a victory and uh, and get out of there just barely as as Oli was stomping them all the way out of the cage. It was was one of those nights and, and one of those matches that you didn't think you would see. The scenario was all wrong with the baby face champions and and uh and we went some time and told a story and uh i thought it was one of the best cage matches i've seen as far as having a a little bit challenging set of circumstances and i feel a little funny saying that because we were in the match but i'm watching Oli and and the rock and roll express just just tear it up and uh I was just fortunate to be in the match and be part of it and do my part, hold my part up. And that's one that I really enjoyed. I think.
0: Jimmy Steven wants to know why did WWE give up on Tyson Kidd and Davey boy Smith jr. So quickly.
1: Who knows, whoever knows you've seen them Conrad. They're yep. one of your favorites team. Yep. You're a pretty good critic. i feel felt like I can judge talent and assess talent. I thought they were a great team. And, uh, There's never a reason that, that talent gets their water cut off. It's just like, okay, we're going to go with these guys. And then one day water gets cut off and it's over. I wished I had the answer.
0: Rajiv wants to know was Vince against tag team wrestling at this time. It seemed like it was always on the back burner during this period.
1: Here was a rumor and this is what, you know, I believe it because it's always about the almighty dollar he didn't like managers. He went through that period of time where everybody had a manager and then they went away. And I think he went through a frame of mind that, okay, if you got a tag match and the bad guys got a manager too, there's five sets of trans Yeah. versus a single match, two sets of trans. And it was just about economics.
0: Let's, uh, let's agree. I mean, that's what I've heard too, that, It's, uh, if you have two guys in the main event, it's two big paydays versus if you have four, it's four. And as you said, with managers five or six, so it's hard to believe that a a multi-billion dollar company is making decisions like that based on an extra payday one way or another, but it is what it
1: is. Well, especially, and this is my opinion. I mean, you, I value yours too. A great tag match with all the components in place, heels as champions with some heat. Is impossible to follow. I agree. So, you know, which way do you uh, assess it? Having more paydays and more sets of trans or kick-ass matches? I guess that's the question.
0: Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Sheamus. Adam wants to know: How does Arn rate Sheamus as a champion? Does he make the belt, or does the belt make him?
1: Well, you never put a title on somebody to get them over. What you do is you take your championship and put it on the guy that's the most over. That's the reason you put it on that guy, because that guy's ready to draw money. You can put the world title on anybody, just name somebody. That guy's not going to come out the next week and draw you any money or the next week or the next week or a month later or six months. People, the audience smell it. They can smell it big time. You put the title on somebody to try to get a guy over, that's just shoving them down people's throats, and that's not what works. That's the reason I go back to the Kane thing. It was an affirmation of he had paid his dues. He was over. He was a top guy. When you saw Kane coming down that, that aisle, you knew what you got. And the audience acknowledged that night he deserved to be the champion. And, and that's kind of the rule that you always try to follow.
0: Instagram, a wrestling historian wants to know why did Vince McMahon lose interest in this era and Drew McIntyre as a top player?
1: Well, he was, uh, you know, he saw something in Drew that he really liked. He named him the, what was the title he put on Drew? The what one? He was the. The chosen one. Remember the the chosen one, that moniker, right? Well, I think that was a shoot at that time. I think he looked at Drew and said, here's a young guy that I'm going to go all the way with. I've said this before, and I know it sounds crazy, but Drew got too lean, and I know that he knew Vince liked body guys and everything, but Drew went through a period where he got so lean, it actually was a, a detraction from his look because he's a big, tall guy, and he got so ripped, and he looked like a like a guy that was fixing to get into an amateur bodybuilding contest. I think that hurt him in as much as anything else, but I think Vince truly chose him as being one of the next big stars. And it just, when he got so ripped and, and, and stuff, it just took away from him because I think he had some issues, you know, outside of the ring, as far as, uh, you know, in his personal life, which at that particular time, it all just kind of snowballed together.
0: Well, thankfully, these shows are snowballing together for us. You can get them early and ad-free over at dot shows.com and we hope that you'll go pick up a new shirt over at arnshirts.com and throw us a follow at the Arn Show. Be sure to tune in next week where we're going to be letting you guys ask any question you want to Arn Anderson. You don't want to miss it. It drops every single Tuesday right here on Westwood 1. And again, enjoy them early and ad-free over at com. Our show is at The Arn Show. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. We'll see you next week right here on Arn. I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. Hello. Good morning, Josh. This is Dave Sobel with Save With Conrad. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. So what made you come to Save With Conrad in the first place? Uh, having listened to the podcast for a while, refinancing our home had been something that you know we had kind of thought about before in the past, but just never kind of pulled the trigger on. And then finally
1: uh, I said, you know what? I, uh, I listened to the man's podcast enough. Uh, what, what Hurt could it do to uh, see exactly what Conrad and his team could do for us? It? And it's one thing I'm glad we did.
0: Oh man, us too. Um, now, I see here that you worked with Derek on your refinance. How was it working with Derek and the team? Uh, Derek and the team were absolutely
1: great. Uh, they answered my questions quickly. You know, were very forthright with everything, very quick to respond and uh, just made the entire process painless. Wonderful,
0: wonderful. How much money was Save With Conrad able to save you? We had 22
1: years left on a 30-year mortgage. Uh, We also had uh, two car loans that we were paying on. So uh, through this process, we knocked knocked down from the 22 years we had left to a 15-year refi, and uh, we uh, got enough money on top of that to pay off one of the car loans. So not only did we save seven years of paying mortgage payments, but our monthly payments between what we were paying on the mortgage plus the car loan that we paid off, the money stayed the same. So our, our money out at the end of the month stayed the same, but uh, like I said, we saved seven years of mortgage payments.
0: Man, congratulations, dude, that's awesome. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders, Woo! There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate Steven And you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step. Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. Steven has real expert jewelers on staff and on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual video appointment, a call, a text, a chat, an email. And all of this with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to ihateStevensinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Of course, it's Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate